goes out to all you Ravagers and Outriders, Novacor and Crane, and even all you Sovereign out there. You are now listening to Sanctuary One Radio. Screenslaver, by def- by the nature of what they do, is not as big as Syndrome. Syndrome. The majority of that movie, there is like, there is no. I think like halfway through the movie is before like you even kind of understand that Syndrome is an antagonist. Yeah. How do we fix this? Mm-hmm. There's gotta be a button. Right? Okay. Press them. So yeah. I mean, are there any buttons that for t- for tinyification? What what do you mean tiny what what does that what do you, mean? What does that mean? Tinyification. When something gets that's not Have you watched the word, word, is that? Have you, you watched anything I've ever heard? When people get smaller, their voices go up. Okay, uh, but isn't um, that, yeah, yeah, when people get smaller, it's not called tinification. It's not called tinification. I'm reasonably sure that if you look that up, that's what it is. I don't think it's, that's what it is. No, no, totally Are you talking is. about like a size like modulation? A yeah. No, definitely talking about tinification. All Maybe right. a tinification... Well, whatever button you pressed, whether it's the tinification size modulator, can you, can you, can you fix it? I will see if I can find the tinification inhibitor. Okay. Wait, wait, it, wait it, inhibitor wait. would mean yeah, wait. that it would inhibit us from being from tinyficated. Tinyfication inhibitor? No, you it can't. Would, it, it would inhibit, inhibit does not that, fix the tinyfication. It inhibits us from being tinyfication. But it won't make us untinyficated. Tinyfication modulator. <laughs> well, while Prof's figuring this out, you're listening to Sanctuary One it's Radio. Got me a dial here. Ooh, that sounds much better. Thank you. Untinyficated. Welcome to uh, Sanctuary One, the Not largest word. ship in the galaxy. We are currently located side. Did we figure out where we are? Yeah, uh, there's a sign out there. Uh, Billboard says, Welcome to Candor. Candor. Ah. This uh, is a new neck of the woods for us. We've. We haven't been in this area before. This is new. It's so dark. I know. <laughs> it's so dark. It must be the DC universe. <laughs> I think you nailed this one. <laughs> <laughs> I'm Diver Jab. It's Props. It's Side. Uh, this week, we are uh, diving back into the superhero superhero film realm. Last week, we went through our comic books, and we talked about subversion and some 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 
other films uh, that have impacted. We talked about John Wick uh, with My Fall and a couple of other things. But I wanted to get back into the superhero and and Disney as Disney, not Disney as Marvel, but Disney as Disney is back into the scene with Incredibles 2. Disney as Pixar. Disney, oh, okay. Disney, Disney, Disney as, as Pixar. Pixar. So, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so not quite Disney as Disney. <laughs> so Incredibles 2 came out. Uh, what was it? A couple. What about? We're coming up on about a month, right? Roundaboots. A little, little less than a month. Yeah. Um, and I wanted to uh, give you guys an idea of... Uh, what the Incredibles 2 is bringing to the table, because obviously what one of the things we like to do is we like to uh, get an idea of how superhero films are evolving in this industry. And, and the last time, correct me if I'm wrong, that we had an animated superhero film uh, from a major company is Big Hero 6. Well, I mean, unless you count all the... <clears throat> Justice League. Oh, like the, well, yeah, yeah, like the yeah, DC. Because yeah. they pop uh, one out. Like They pop out like two a year. Two a so. year. I, I mean, like, I, may, like. I also cause, don't, cause ca- I do not count Batman Ninja. Because that's no, Batman no, Samurai. No, no, yeah. Did, well, yeah. they, they had like uh, Justice League, like Gods and Monsters or whatever with the, the alternate all, universe. The Elseworlds kind of yeah. thing. I think. Well, they have like a, a death. They're redo, They're doing Death of Superman now. Yeah, that's With the this next like one. new animation style that they have with like Superman and Wonder Woman in the in the mm-hmm. navy blue and and red so like well even even most recently i mean they've started to restream uh batman animated series uh in, in hd but i believe it's gonna be on dc's streaming streaming network. so well um in either instance i might but do in, it anyway. in actual hd which is interesting interesting all right well we are here to talk about incredibles 2 incredibles 2 is a 94 on rotten tomatoes uh, so pretty high up for them. Uh, but we'll go through the synopsis and then I'll have some questions for you guys. First, uh, first I want to start with, um, uh, what, what were your feelings on the original Incredibles? The, the first one. It's my favorite Pixar movie. Uh, I was going to say it's, it's my favorite. It's my, not my favorite it's, movie it's my of all favorite. time, but it is my favorite Pixar movie right behind, right in front of Wally. But, okay. Um, yeah, I would I would say it's it's high up there for me as well. Um, I mean, just the way it kind of explored what uh, superhero families can go through. Superhero families, the the dynamic that can happen with that. Yeah, how you deal with kids with powers. Mm-hmm. Uh, Even how the government d- deals with superheroes, like the co- the consequences talk we've talked about before with like, yeah 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 um, Superman in that movie. People were tired of dealing with said consequences. They're illegal. Yep. Yeah. No, that's that's a good point. Um, but uh, here is the here is the description of Incredibles two, uh, and then we'll get into insight and perspective on kind of what we want to cover. And I have a couple questions for you guys to kind of dive into. Brian, I know you've seen the film twice. Correct. Uh, I've gone through the synopsis and gotten an idea of what's going on. Jeff, same, same as you. Same, same, yeah. Um, so everyone's favorite family of superheroes is back. Uh, but this time, Helen is uh, is in the spotlight, leaving Bob at home with Violet and Dash to navigate the day-to-day heroics of normal life. It's a tough transition for everyone, made tougher by the fact that the family is still unaware of baby Jack-Jack's emerging superhero superpowers. When a new villain hatches a brilliant and dangerous plot, the family and Frozone must find a way to work together again, which is easier said than done, even when they're all incredible. 
So uh, I, I do want to give everyone a heads up. Uh, this is going to be a spoiler filled. The movie's been out for coming up on a month. Uh, so this is a spoiler-filled episode. We treat it a little differently with like movies like Ant-Man, which has only been out for a week. We kind of, I don't want to call it two recordings, but it's like half and half. Half is spoiler-free, half is spoiler-filled. This instance, it's going to be spoiler-filled. So if you haven't seen it yet, just a forewarning. All the spoilers. Be, there all will be you. spoilers. So raining I, down. So I want to start with uh, the quote-unquote ballsy decision to... Uh, to <laughs> The ballsy decision to do this film immediately after the events of the first one. So there's no transition. There's no uh, there's no it, it, it doesn't seem like there's some type of semblance of time that has passed. It is immediately after it takes place immediately afterwards. Well, actually, there's a there's a it starts with the dicker if yeah. you remember from the first movie the the guy who works for the superhero controlling agency yeah uh interviewing a kid and he is recounting the events and then it jumps back okay to what happened yeah uh immediately following with the fight with the underminer yeah um which is beautiful the like you mentioned it's a ballsy decision the director mentioned the reason that he did that was when they created the first movie, he framed everything around their powers. Mr. Incredible is the big, strong guy who has to support the family. Yeah. Elastigirl is the mom being pulled in a hundred different directions, so she has stretchy powers. Violet is a shy teenager. She has invisibility. Dash is an all-over-the-place adolescent. He's just running all over the place. And, the, and a baby is... N- unbridled potential yeah it yeah. could be anything right, right. right so he literally has unbridled potential when it comes to his powers and they framed that in the original story and then they took that and he tr- they looked at whether or not they could tell a story after time had passed and he realized one of the things that made the characters interesting was framing their powers around that so if you age jack jack it's not as interesting anymore yeah that he has all of these powers if you age them, Dash being super fast, he's probably learned to control those impulses. It's not as interesting anymore. Violet still being a shy teenager with invisibility powers speaks to her personality. Yeah. And that's why they kept it in the same time frame. I so mean, despite and 14 and years I think passing. You have to look at it as a, as a business decision, right? You, and uh, a lot of people, uh, you want to work on nostalgia. So the last time we saw these characters and we're with these characters, we were in situation A, which is the, the underminer, right? What better way to bring them right back in and get them get them hooked in that nostalgia train by starting up right where we left off? But even even to that point, like there's such a temptation for directors or for film companies to make things relevant in the time frame that we're in. Yeah, and it's I don't want to say it's rare, but it's I feel like it's much more difficult to make a decision and go, no, I want my second film to be immediately after the first film. This is, of course, for a director that doesn't even like doing sequels to begin with. Yeah, Brad Bird's not a sequel. Guy. Doesn't like sequels at all. Let exactly, alone yeah. he's going to go. I want my sequel to be immediately after the first one. I don't want to time date it. So that people coming in now feel like this is their film. No, Incredibles 2 is for the people who went and saw the first Incredibles. Contrasting against, like, Toy Story 3. Yeah. Which aged with the viewer. With the viewer, because the viewer was older. So there were older themes. There were, And, and it's not to say Incredibles doesn't have those themes. But we, we've already discussed in our Subversion conversation that Incredibles has themes that we didn't even expect 
a film, an animated film like that to have. Yeah. Coming from the perspective that it had. I wanna I wanna get into the I wanna get into the plot uh, because this is kind of we finally get the chance to talk about these conservative values that we saw in the first film that have come to light and now they kind of they they turn things a little bit and they put it on its head right uh brian you've mentioned uh before that there's a line in the film when they are discussing discussing elastigirl's kind of position as a as a female in society and how bob is kind of having trouble being this stay-at-home dad to deal with the kids which is which is I don't want to say it's a different theme, but the the theme in the first film was very picture perfect, family oriented um, framing. Yeah, man goes out. Does man goes work. out, does the work. Mom stays at home. Mom takes stays care at of the home, kids. takes care of the kids. And now the second film comes out with a slightly, what seemingly is a modernistic perspective, and saying, "Well, now the 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 mom is being placed on this weird pedestal of." of spotlight that the husband is not seemingly a part of. There's, there's some great moments when like, and they show it in the, in the trailer where he goes, when I think our best play is Elastigirl and Bob's face when he just goes, really? Really? (laughs) And he goes, no, 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 you're great. But you know, I'm me, me, right? How, how can she be better than me? Uh, And they imply that they, they, they said they did cost benefit analysis and she destroys a lot less stuff than you do. So let's not bank on assurance is going to pay for everything on the first go around. So they, they said it was primarily based on a fiscal decision, which I thought was pretty, pretty interesting. Later on, he and his wife are talking and he's basically framing the conversation around you go be great because you're great. um, But go be great so that I can go be great too. Yeah. Like, I need you to go out there to make supers legal so that I can go out there and be the me that I want to be. Yeah. And he has to stay at home, has to stay with the kids. Yeah. And, and, even, and even though it kind of flips it, even though it does flip it so where he's the stay-at-home dad now, it's still not necessarily for, like, any altruistic. Like, he doesn't want to be there. He doesn't want to be the person who has to stay home. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Initially. Yeah. So it's one of those ones. There's a learning lesson that he learns how to cope with being a stay-at-home dad. And she really owns being the go-out-and-save-people kind yeah. of hero. Which you got to remember is different. I think one of the one of the things, because a lot of people were, were highlighting this as a very liberal value, but I think one of the... One of the things you have to remember is that the original Incredibles, one of the reasons this is so poignant is that in the in the first Incredibles film, her attitude toward putting the suit back on is so tenuous. It's so like hesitant. Like yeah. ha- the B plot in that film is the hesitation of Elastigirl to dive back in and be what what she was originally because she had accepted where she was. And there, that continues through this one. So there's a point where they're talking, and he mentions Jack-Jack, and she just flips out and just goes, I knew I shouldn't have left. I knew I shouldn't have left you with the yeah, kids. Yeah, yeah. And he goes, what do you mean you knew? And she's like, I'm sorry I misspoke. But it's one of those, her knee-jerk reaction is, I need to be at home with the kids. Yeah. And his knee-jerk reaction is, I want to be out there. But in the storyline of the movie, it's actually better for both of them if, if they're right if she's where they out there. are. Yeah, yeah, yeah. How does um, uh, how does the I, I want to highlight that before we move on. How does the film 
how do you feel th- this animated film addresses a scene like that where there's tension between what is seemingly a mom and dad in a in a in a in a, a conversation that might be I don't want to say too high level for a kid to wrap their head around, but I guess it's situational depending on the kid and yeah, their home yeah. environment. This movie, I think, does a great job expressing the frustration the person has while making it relatable. So, like, those of us that are older and have gone through relationship problems, we can understand what they're going through. Yeah. Maybe not in these, obviously not in the exact situation. I don't have superpowers. People <laughs> I've been with have never had superpowers, and we've never had kids together. But... We can. No, we you, can. You, feel... you and him have never had kids. No, together. we've. We, we, no side. We have never had kids <laughs> together. Yes, we can confirm. It's on the agenda. It's but <laughs> we we can relate to that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. We can see the frustration they have. One of my f- favorite moments uh, is when he's talking to his wife on the phone, and he's going. He's watching the footage of her saving a train, and his face just keeps getting more and more. It it almost feel looks like it's seeping into anger. Yeah. And is and the last is it like girl jealousy is, or is this... it's jealousy yeah, anger, yeah. and it's not him. And he's on the phone, and she is ecstatic. Yeah. Talking about how she saved this train, and he is just getting more and more, looking like he's gonna murder the TV. Yeah. And then suddenly she takes a breath. He puts on this like. Uh, that gas that Joker hits people with to make them laugh, <laughs> smile. And he goes, that's so great, honey. I'm so proud of you. And he like hits his head on like a table, yeah. trying to be excited for her. <laughs> and just... But again, it's not her. Right, it's the situation. It's the situation. So he knows, like, they fell in love because they're superheroes. Like That's, that's a part of their identity. It's yeah. because he can't. Yeah. Um, and he... And it's later that night when he's just like you know what i'm gonna own being a father and that's and there's this like Ma, he doesn't go to sleep and you know this montage scene um but he does like he actually really steps yeah. up into the dad role and then shit hits the fan again and the jenga tower falls down again and yeah. because jack jack randomly manifests powers yeah mm-hmm. every power which has it? It has probably my favorite fight scene in this movie is Jack Jack versus a raccoon. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, the, if, and this is you, ongoing. It's like the whole movie. No, no, no. It's one scene oh, in the movie. Oh, it's one scene. Okay. But it is one very long scene in the movie. So he he's materializing out of his bed and going to watch TV. And at this point, none of them know he has power still. Because in the end of the movie, they're freaking out when Jack-Jack's up there, but they never saw him manifest abilities. So mm. no one knows he has powers yet. So uh, Bob Parr has passed out on the couch, and Jack-Jack's watching a movie about a thief, and it has the black eyes. It's like a really old <laughs> 1960s yeah, yeah, yeah. movie. And he looks outside, and there's a raccoon going through their trash. And he's just like, <laughs> gets super angry, and then phases through the wall to go attack the raccoon. And the raccoon's just like, trying to scare him and then jack jack telekinetically picks up the trash can lid and puts it on top and that's when the raccoon starts freaking out so they start fighting and then jack jack starts manifesting every one of his powers so there's a great by choice no it just seems to be reactionary yeah so he throws the raccoon into a into a lawn chair it gets tangled and the raccoon's just looking at the kid from across and there's a whole bunch of lawn chairs between them and it's the raccoon's trying to get out trying to bite his way out and he's trying to seems scary and then jack jack goes human torch 
uh-huh. and just lights himself on fire and then starts throwing lawn chairs out of the way, moving towards the raccoon. <laughs> and you can just see the raccoon is scared shitless. Then they continue fighting, and Jack-Jack just, the raccoon hides up like an umbrella pole, and then Jack-Jack just looks at the umbrella pole, and then lasers start shooting out of his eyes. That's funny. And it just keeps going on, but it is the greatest fight scene in that movie, is just Jack-Jack versus a raccoon. That's funny. And it's beautiful. (laughs) Just all the powers, and then uh, eventually, like... Mr. Incredible runs out, tries to save Jack-Jack from yeah, the raccoon, yeah. and he's just ecstatic that he has powers. Yeah. <laughs> um, I want to get into I want to get into the plot. Uh, one of the things we applauded the first Incredibles film on was taking an alternative perspective to the responsibility that heroes seemingly have on a younger generation, a younger generation, or uh, like. Uh, let, Buddy, of course, is the example from the first film, where Buddy is a fan. He is kind of he's a darker side of the audience. If you think about it, there there are fans of superheroes and comic books and films who look up and admire what these characters represent. And if they were in the real world, and something like this were to happen, what with what happened to Buddy. It, it it creates a very it, it, there's a immediate human connection in my opinion to that plot line. I wanna I wanna uh, uh, I wanna have Brian. I want you to go over the 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 plan that the villain has in place. How much did you connect with the the plot the 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 B plot that was structured the villain's plot? So I liked. It's funny because they flip the fan connection on its head. So Buddy is an, is an example of a fan that said, you ruined this for me. Yeah. I'm going to ruin it for you. Yeah, yeah. The, the guy that's helping the heroes out in this movie is the exact opposite. He is a fan of superheroes, and he wants them to come back. Yeah. The bad guy, spoiler... Uh, in case anyone's well, and, even and, caring and, about and, it at this point, wouldn't you say? Wouldn't you say the guy who's trying to help him come back kind of has sees everything with rose tinted glasses? Correct. That's yeah, yeah, yeah. it's very rose tinted. His the bad guy or the bad person in this case is his sister. So the the plot line is way back in the day, his parents loved superheroes so much so that they had the bat phones yeah. in their house to call uh, Gazer Beam and. Um, Phyrexic. <laughs> and we all know what happened to Gazer Beam. Uh, he protected Bob Parr with his corpse. Yeah. And they apparently, supers were outlawed. And that day, someone broke into their parents' home. And instead of going into the safe room, they went to try to call superheroes who couldn't answer because they were now illegal. And they were shot by the criminals. And there is a that's a that's a pretty serious like it's pretty dark like we're we're getting into up territory with the with the realness here. Luckily, it's not like super early in the movie that you've gotten a little yeah. bit of buffer time between it. But probably one of my favorite lines out of that movie is when the villain is monologuing, which actually felt like a pretty natural monologue. They they're talking and. She goes, why are you doing this? And she says, what about, like, they're talking about her brother. She goes, my brother is a child. He remembers a time when we had parents and there were superheroes. And because he's a child, he conflates the two. Mm. That if we bring superheroes back, it'll be like mom and dad are back. Mm. 
he's he's equating when his life was happy when to when there were superheroes. And he's like, if our parents had never tried to depend on superheroes, they would be alive. It's it's kind of like when you get into it, it's kind of like the Lex Luthor thing. Like, really good writers of Lex Luthor and uh, comic books especially, the reason he hates Superman is because he feels that Superman holds the rest of us back from our true potential. Um, we can't be anything more if we're always depending on a superhero sure. to come save the day. Um, there, without hardship, without anything to move us forward, almost. And if Lex's character sees the overarching aspect of it, then what Incredibles 2 does is it gives you a very granular look yeah. at a specific event in time when relying on the beauty of uh, on superheroes uh, can have catastrophic consequences. Exactly, yeah. On, on your life. On your life, not on this major... So... so not on humanity, but on the on the so then, personal level, um, with with the B plot, they, there is this. Uh, the idea is to use technology and hypnosis to 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 make supers illegal. Is that correct? That's the well. The idea was to make to to bring supers back into the light and then do something so catastrophic and and make it no look choice. like the superheroes did it. Not that the superheroes were complacent in it happening but they actually did it out of resentment for not being allowed yeah, to, be, to be super. And it's... That's where the screen saver... Screen slaver. Or slaver, sorry. The screen slaver, um, which is a very interesting idea. Basically, the, the main the antagonist learns how to hypnotize people through any screen. Mm. She can override a screen and then learns how to put them in, like, glasses. Oh, so okay. So she can control people remotely yeah. very easily. And it's a well-thought-out plot... It's a li- it was a little bit telegraphed to me as soon as I saw the character. I was just like, as soon as I saw the brother-sister that are the... the one of these two are going to be. I was like, one or both of them's the bad guy, and I'm betting it's the girl. And then I was hoping they were going to surprise me, and then it turned out to be the girl. But they did it in such a way that I th- I got it. Like, I don't... It's one of those times very similar to Thanos. I don't agree with their methods, but I could see yeah. why they believe they're doing the right thing. So... Go ahead, finish it. Forgot what we were talking about. We were talking about the screen slaver, and yeah. So, so ultimately, he was because I never got the chance to ask ask my question. There you yeah. go. Uh, that's, <laughs> why, that's why I was like, "What were we talking about?" Uh, so, the, the, my question is, and uh, Jeff, I'll bring you into this as well because there are aspects in comics, probably more so than films, when there's uh, there's an opportunity in your first film and in your sequel to go bigger, right? So the scale is much larger, the consequences are much larger. Seemingly, and I could be wrong about this, and Brian, you'd have a better idea than I would, they're seemingly, while yes, the stakes are high, they're much more personal and much more to a smaller scale. So the the scale they went with this one was... Than Buddy's plot in the first film. the, The scale in this one is much more centralized. Yeah. Screenslaver by def by the nature of what they do is not as big as syndrome, syndrome or <laughs> what he was doing. And if syndrome. we think about it, like the majority of that movie, there is like there is no. I think like halfway through the movie is before like you even kind of understand that syndrome is an antagonist. Yeah, like you know something. Syndrome up. is positioning himself as a hero, but right. yeah, you don't really get. All we see is Bob Parr training. Yeah. We don't. We we as the viewer know something's up with that, 
but we haven't been introduced to who's the bad guy. Yeah, yeah. yeah. In Incredibles one until way into halfway into that movie. Yeah. This movie, we're introduced that there's a bad guy, very early on. Screenslaver is introduced, not a good guy. The scale, I think, comes in with the amount of superheroes we see in this movie. Okay, there's there a are, scale there, right? Uh, there are. There's a there's like a superhero team that they summon at one point. Like they the kind of makes like the crappy Avengers. Yeah, mm-hmm. kind of sad. Uh, a few of them have interesting powers. One of my favorites. There's a guy who crushed things kinetic, telekinetically, but he doesn't know how to uncrush them. So there's a point where he crushes something, and he's just like, they're like, "Can you undo this?" And he goes, "Why? That's dumb." <laughs> and they're like, "Why would you uncrunch something? If what if you punch somebody? Would I tell you to unpunch them?" <laughs> yeah. And he's like, I, he's like, I need to get to the engine room. You crushed the, the passageway. He's like, screw it, whatever, I don't care. And he just goes off. The guy says, this is dumb. You don't uncrush things. It's, <laughs> <laughs> this is dumb. You don't uncrush right, things. That's, that's so, what he does. He just crushes things. That's fine. So <laughs> that's all he can do. And then you have another guy who, like, shoots lightning bolts, but he just zaps everybody, like, yeah. accidentally. And a dude who's basically a walking owl. Um, I do love uh, an old guy. His name is like, what's your super name? Is Reflux, Medical Edition, or Superpower? You decide. <laughs> he's like, that's a little bit honest, superhero. No, seriously, it's a power. And he just he basically vomits lava. <laughs> he said, Medical Condition or, or Superpower? superpower. You, you decide. decide. <laughs> that's a little bit of like honest power humor. But seriously, though, it's a power. Yeah. Uh, and who else is on that team? Frozone. Oh. Uh, Frozone's actually separate. Okay. Frozone gets a lot of screen time in this movie, which I think is amazing. Does he have a separate plot line? He is involved outside of Mr. and Mr. and Mrs. Incredible. He's very involved with the kids, though. Oh, okay. Do you see his wife in this one? No. No. Do not see her. She's definitely in. You hear her voice once, just like in the very first There is a rumor that there will be a Frozone TV show. I'm done. Featuring his wife and kids. I've never insinuated that he has kids. Yeah, I don't know. That's an article I read. So You know, whatever floats their boat, I guess. But Frozone gets a lot more screen time in this movie, and I really appreciate that. Yeah. So uh, Edna's got some great scenes in this movie, too. Yeah, Yeah, I was actually going to ask about that. uh, There's one person who has a superpower that I'm a huge fan of, and that's uh, her name's Void, and she basically creates those portal portal, the portal game portals. Yeah. And almost uses her power really effectively. Like, really spot on how they had her using her power. It was, it was really, really kind of neat. I, I love she keeps trying to throw Mrs. Incredible at a plane. So she portals her up there, and Mrs. Incredible just keeps missing them, missing the plane, because yeah. she keeps dropping her in really shitty portal places. <laughs> so she just keeps trying, like, portal, puts her on top of the plane. Yeah. Mrs. Incredible misses, puts her on top of the plane again, and then she just makes a portal to the inside of the plane so that she can grab it and just go through the portal to the inside of the plane. I was like, that's what you should have done for the first place. Yeah. Uh, doesn't uh, Isn't there a point where she's trying to stop someone from falling? Mrs. In- well, yeah, so Mrs. Incredible, or Elastigirl, is, has the bad guy, and they're falling out of a plane, and she makes a portal but puts it sideways, mm. and then she does a parachute to arrest her, her movement. Ah. So it's basically like an airplane landing on a helicarrier. Mm. But she was falling downwards. Downwards. So. But that's that's actually a pretty good use of that power. Yes, it, it is. Yeah. Uh, there's a point where she's like juggling a coffee cup using portals. Yeah. And you know, based on something falling, 
the momentum she, she, is going to carry it out of the other end. So. Right. So she's she's just juggling it through portals towards a person until she gets it to land in their hands. Hmm. So I, she had probably the most refined use of her powers and was mo- arguably the most interesting. The most interesting. Yeah. I do love. There's a there's a beautiful moment like there's there's things that happen in the background or while it's happening that they don't really go into more, but it makes it seem like it's more of a real thing. She's talking to Mrs. Incredible, Elastigirl. I keep doing that. We get it. And I know. They're talking, and she's going like, I'm I'm really okay with being a superhero, but how do you handle being a person at the same time? Like, I know you have a family. I know there's a lot of things. And the audio kind of trails off as Elastigirl goes, is kind of thinking about what happened with catching the screen slaver. And yeah. then she just goes, you know what? I have to go real quick. And she just goes in the middle of their conversation. And they never go back to that. That's weird. But it's something that would actually happen. Yeah. Like, they were talking. She saw something. It made her think of something. And she just kind of goes off. And she goes to figure that out. Mm-hmm. But there was an actual conversation that was kind of happening on the one end that they never really go into again. <laughs> but it was something that, to me, felt like... A, a very human thing to do. It felt like something that would actually happen in a conversation. In an actual conversation. And I love moments like that in movies. Like, things that aren't plot and... Related, yeah, 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 yeah. That make it more grounded in reality. Yeah. And I think Brad Bird does an amazing job of that. Lots of stuff when uh, Mr. Incredible is watching his kids. Yeah. You could have cut some of that stuff out, but it's so, especially if you've ever raised kids, <laughs> so poignant. <laughs> like, it is hilarious. I've got a cookie. <laughs> right? Cookie num-nums. Yeah. Cookie yeah. num-nums. And he's like, <laughs> He gets him to come out of the dimension. He's like, he can still hear you while he's in the other dimension. Yes. Okay. <laughs> and you give him a cookie and that's it. And he was like, you would imagine that. But if I don't give him another cookie like this, and he puts the lid on the cookie jar, he does this. And he goes that weird berserk pink creature yeah, thing. Yeah. He goes, no biting dad, no biting dad. And he's just pulling Jack Jack off his arm. <laughs> he goes, no. No biting dad. I'm not. <laughs> and then the next scene just shows him with like a cookie on the couch. Mr. Incredibles looks deflated and Lucius is just staring off into nothing like, uh. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> and he's like, we got it. We need to seriously readjust what we're doing here. <laughs> and Lucius is just apparently just making ice spheres sure. for Jack Jack to play with. That's you, funny. You just—it's offhand, but you just see him kind of like make like a perfect uh, labyrinth, like sphere, crystal sphere, and he just hands it to Jack Jack, and he just keeps talking. It's just little moments, just like watching Bob Parr react to certain things, yeah. and Lucius with so, that ice sphere, just not not integral to the plot, didn't do anything. So how did they how did they work out moments. things with Jack Jack? Uh, they give them basically Lucius's idea is to go to Edna. Mm-hmm. They drop it. The, he goes to Edna. Edna C is basically saying, "I'm not doing anything with Jack Jack until Jack Jack starts manifesting like six powers in front of her." And she goes, "Auntie Edna will take care of everything. You can leave," <laughs> and sends <laughs> Mister Incredible home. That's yeah. it. <laughs> where apparently he sleeps for 17 hours. Yeah. So funny. they you- go back, and Edna has tricked out Jack Jack's suit to deal with his powers. So. It's, he starts multiplying. He's like, that's, there's, there's a lot of him. I can't do anything about that. And he's like, no, the important thing is the suit has alerted you that it was going to happen. Now. Oh, he uh, can multiply? 
Yeah. Yeah. So you got to remember, he has all these different yeah, right, powers. Right, right. Apparently, he's manifested like eight powers. <laughs> and at one point, he just goes, "So, what about cookies?" And he goes, "No, no. I learned very quickly on early on that the cookie, while while it works, is not a good solution." She of uh, cookie goes on like one of those like dog track things across mm-hmm. the yeah. the testing area, and then disappears. And Jack Jack starts freaking out, and it just goes combustion imminent. What does that mean? It means fire, Bob. And then he goes, human torch. <laughs> and then she goes, but the important thing is you can do this. And it just, uh, it releases like lavender foam that puts the fire out. <laughs> and she goes, it's edible and delicious. <laughs> and you just so see Jack Jack just like scooping like solution. <laughs> Uh, one of I kind of wish they had gone into the subplot a little bit more, but I, I get there was a lot going on. Bob knows about Jack Jack's powers for a lot of the movie and doesn't tell anyone. Right? Elastigirl. Oh, really? Okay. Because he knows that if she if he does, she's going to immediately pull out. Yeah. Of what she's doing. Yeah. Of what she's doing and come back to to the mom role, and he's like. We need and the kids are like we should call mom. We should tell mom. And he's like no. Mom's handling her thing. I need to handle our thing. So I want to ask about that. I want to ask about, it seems like Incredibles 2, Incredibles 1 kind of touched on it, but Incredibles 2 really dives a little deeper into identity. But identity as an individual, identity as a superhero, and identity as a family. Uh, yeah, As a parent, yeah. Yeah, so, so there's this common theme of, in superhero films, we go into, like, secret identities for... for Clark Kent and Superman and Man of Steel, which is what we discussed. But Man of Steel also dives heavily into the identity of of uh, Clark Kent in a world where he doesn't belong. Yeah. Uh, his identity as a son, his identity as a son to someone else that he had never known in his adult life before. Uh, and so the superhero film's identity is a huge component of it. I want to talk a little bit about. Uh, I want you to be to go into Elastigirl, because she's the a plot. She's kind of the centerpiece in the struggle of her identity going forward. Uh, do you, did you like her progression from the first film going into this one? Oh yeah, uh, there's a beautiful, or I keep saying beautiful, but there's a good moment. They walk into this hangar-looking thing, and there's a motorcycle. She goes, "Oh, there's a new Elasta bike." He goes, you had an elastibike? She goes, I had a mohawk. There's a lot of things you don't know. <laughs> he goes, a mohawk? She's like, bye, honey. And she just <laughs> leaves. I had a mohawk. He was like, there, I had a mohawk. There's a lot of things you don't know. And you watch her on the bike, and she owns it. Like, uh, there's a cool, the, it's random, but for me as a, as a person, I was like, why is it an elastibike? And then the back half and the front half detach. Oh. Okay. And she can basically, like, spring her way across like buildings because she just stretches out and then contracts like a rubber band and shoots her way across things and then there's one point she jumps off of something swings the back half of the bike around Uh and then uses that to as flip momentum to jump on over like a steel girder in a building Mm. but she uses the the stretch and the momentum to actually in the bike in moments and you see her in the first movie you saw that she was really adept at using her powers but in this one, you saw her really own using them. See, yeah. that's that's uh, I like that in that it it kind of twists like 
the Thanos copter type deal, right? Like, oh, you have a, a Thanos copter. It's like, why would a superhero have a vehicle? Yeah, like, exactly. Kind of Spider-Mobile. A, like a why would you really have that? You're Spider-Man. You can swing around and do stuff. Why do you need a spider car? I was looking at I was like, why is there an Elastabike? Yeah, and I think And then that's I saw awesome. it, and I was like, yes. I like that. Absolutely. Uh, there's the Incredible Mobile plays very heavily in this movie yeah okay there's a point like a, a rich billionaire bought it and, and you just see him he's looking at the screen he goes they told me it was beyond recovery <laughs> and, he goes, and he goes that was jack dash is like that that was your car and he goes they told me it was destroyed and that it was lost and then he's like you know what i have the remote and it turns out that he can activate the car remotely oh that's funny <laughs> Uh, but you see, like they own, they own why those those vehicles those exist. So the incredible so Frozone has access to the Incredible Mobile and can program it. Oh, okay. So at one point, like the kids are in danger, and he goes, "Car, roll down windows." Kids get in the car. Car, authorized voice access, and then he tells the kids in the car, "Say your name," and they say Violet Par, Dash Par, and the car identifies them and will now allow them to control the car. Mm, okay. So he's like, I really wish this was a boat. And the car goes, boat mode, activated. <laughs> Boop. And it just becomes a boat. And it's it was like, follow boat. And then it follows the the boat in the bat and part of the movie. Dash is like, yeah. this car does whatever I tell it to. <laughs> <laughs> and he's like, Well, that's great, but we're on this boat and we need to be on that one. He was like, I wonder if it has ejection seats. And then like ejection button pops up. He goes, Yes. <laughs> uh, uh, but it but you were yeah. saying about her identity as yes. a as a superhero. They even have a point in the conversation when she's talking to the bad guy, bad girl uh, in the movie, and she's they're talking about your identity. And the screen slaver is saying, how, you know, how does it feel to be in the limelight? She goes, what do you mean? She's like, you, I'm not saying you were never super and that you weren't great, but you were always kind of in Mr. Incredible's shadow. Mm. She goes, she's like, I'm not really in anybody's shadow. And she goes, no, but now it's your limelight. People have to pay attention. She goes, what about you? Like, you make all the inventions that make your company yeah. what it is. And your brother is in the limelight. She goes, I don't want to be my brother. And it, she just goes on about how, what their identity is. And it want, she asks Alaska what she thinks about that. And she goes, are you asking the cynic or the believer? She's the cynic. She's like, they're like, you know, do what you got to do. If you're talking to Believer, it's like, own your shit and do it. Yeah. But she even admits that she is she has two personalities at war. One that is all, like, female dominance, go. Yeah. And the other one that's like, this is the reality we live in. Mm. And balancing those two. And you see her do that in the previous movie and this one. She wants to be a superhero. She loved it. And then uh, there's a point she's sitting on a bike listening to a police scanner waiting for something bad to happen. Yeah. She goes, I was mad at Bob for doing this. I am such a hypocrite. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Like she says that line. She was like, I was mad at my husband for doing this. I am such a hypocrite. Because I love doing it as much as he does. Yep. If not more. Because she's doing more. it. Yeah. And But there's beautiful moments like that. Sure. Her dealing with what her identity is a character. And even Bob kind of as part of the other side of that a plot dealing with that too what is his identity he could not deal with being just an insurance agent he had to be a superhero too yeah in this movie he doesn't have an option he has to be a dad and when it's how much a, how how healthy is it if if the only thing you want seemingly out of life is to be a superhero 
How does that impact your relationship with the people at home? How does that impact your relationship with the with the person who you love, who also has what you want? You, you know what I think the both Incredibles one and two uh, do successfully, uh, and and I find it very interesting is, in, in very few superhero movies will do this. Um, you never once, at least I don't ask. Where did they get their powers? How how did their what is their origin? It doesn't matter. Doesn't That's matter. Not the point. Exactly, exactly. Yeah. I, I love the fact that they can do that. Um, whereas nowadays you see so many Marvel DC where they have to retread. Sometimes as with Spider Man, they have to retread what five times. I've never really thought about that, but you're right. This is not a very exposition heavy movie. It drops in us into a past. In terms of the past, in of the past yeah. it drops us right into established like. All we need to know is that in Mr. Incredible and Elastigirl were superheroes. Mm -hmm. They met while they were superheroes, and then that's it. They don't. We don't need any more information than what was given to us. Yeah. Uh, the one question that I do want to ask before we before we wrap up has I, I want to do an interesting comparison with the live action films that we've been kind of immersed in over the last few years from <clears throat> both the DC extended universe and from, from Marvel. Yeah. Now Marvel has had the advantage of establishing their universe over an extended period of time. Yeah. Right. Yeah. DC hasn't necessarily had that. We're going to talk about them later in, in, uh, uh, in a couple weeks when we, when we uh, do our state of the union for the DC universe. But what, what do you think the live action section of the world can learn from a film like this and, and what it's done and the success that it's seemingly had with f a 14 year gap in between the two. I, I, I mean, well, one of them we just talked about, right? Which is you don't need to have an exposition as far as the past is concerned, heavy movie. And I think Marvel is learning that uh, with Spider-Man, Spider-Man, Black Panther, Black these, Panther, these movies that were not, you, you we're not spending the first, third to two to half of the movie introducing us to the character yeah, they're just I, dropping I them think right the thing lines. is because we've seen so many superhero movies come out and Marvel movies too uh, you know just in general uh, we realize hey an origin happened it happened <laughs> at some point at they one got, point they got powers they got powers they were born the, Iron, the Iron Man the, the, the Hulk whatever it happens accidents experiments whatever yeah um where so they've learned that and they're moving forward um but i think they could do it i mean spider-man was a good example of it but they could move more towards the incredibles where i don't need to know where you became inhumanly strong or you you became stretchy uh, stretchy or invisible or very fast i don't need to know that i just need to know you're human you you know you have you know, you need to set up the world in such a way that it can facilitate it. Exactly. Is Incredibles, is Incredibles two the formula Marvel should be looking at for Fantastic Four, if this Fox deal finalizes? I th I think Fantastic Four in the universe they've built is going to have some is going to have to have some level of exposition. I think they can introduce us to them as already having powers. And I think. Then, see, my my theory was. They could they could introduce them as already having powers and existing. Maybe they worked for Shield or something like that. And then when Shield fell, they had to go independent. That's why we never heard about them as superheroes because they were relegated to scientists being scientists. Maybe I. 
I don't know, with shield secrets been, out it, there, yeah, it's, it's been, been too a long, long period of time. I so think I, my boat is still like they're in the phantom zone or something and okay, yeah, we yeah. find them and they've been in there such a long time exposed to stuff that it's given them abilities or maybe even yeah, negative zone, negative zone. Negative yeah. Sorry. Zone, not okay. phantom zone. I uh, were I said phantom zone because we're in the DC Candor universe. That's right now. correct. That's my checkbox excuse. Here we go. <laughs> and the, that's how I would introduce us to him. Yeah. They're in the, the negative zone. They've been in there such a long time getting bombarded by cosmic rays. You can even say cosmic rays still. And they manifested abilities that way. We're introduced to them. They've been in, they've been in there a while and now they're dealing with the fact that they have abilities. But how, but, but I again, could even, go ahead. I was going to say you could even play. So what I said with when shield fell, right? Say they were in the middle of doing an experiment. Shield fell to Hydra. That experiment, they got cut off from our, our dimension, right? Correct. Like, yeah. yeah. If we want to frame it within that, I and think now, that's fine. And now, finally, someone's been able to work to try and get them back. Yeah. And that's the thing. Like, I, I'm, I'm very interested in... We've had two Fantastic Four films, arguably, in the last decade. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I don't remember when the first one, the original one, came out, but I thought it was pre-2010. It's definitely pre to that. I'm thinking like 2005. Okay. So, yeah, we've had two Fantastic Four films in the last decade, 2010 onward. One is a reboot. I'm interested to see if we could dive into like like how how uh, go, uh, going forward, how what are we going to do different? Not even what are we going to do different, but Incredibles has proven that regardless of the semblance of time, you do not need to remind fans of the property what the property is. Yeah, exactly. I agree. And I think that's that to me. If I'm Marvel and I'm solidifying this Fox deal, fans of Marvel know who the Fantastic Four are. Yeah. I do not need to remind them who they are. If they do, if they, if we, if the deal goes through and they wind up doing a Fantastic Four movie, my hope is that the villain is not doom. Well, my hope is that they take a page out of what in, what Incredibles has done where if you look at at the formula from an outside perspective having not seen any of the films, you're looking at a sequel to a film that's 14 years apart from one another. Uh, yeah. There's there's a great moment before the movie even starts if you see it in theaters where the original voice cast is just saying, "We know it's been a long time." Like how uh Holly Hunter and uh, the guy from Coach and yeah. Craig, Craig T. Nelson, Craig T. Nelson and Samuel Jackson and Brad Bird are like, we know it's been a long time. It was worth the wait. There's just a cute little video at the beginning of it. But That's you're, cool. But you're right. There, there's a there's 14 years of us just kind of having been like, oh, Incredibles was a thing. Yeah. Oh, and, and there's a new one. Leave it alone. And now there's a new one. So how does one the fan base garnish excitement, which they're going to? But two, how do you bring in a new generation of people without spoon feeding them? This is what happened. Exactly. Previously on The Incredibles. Yeah. In this instance, 94 on Rotten Tomatoes is a big deal. So if I'm Marvel. Especially for a sequel. I'm looking right at that film and going, if this deal goes through and we're looking at doing a Fantastic Four film in our MCU. Let's make an Incredibles Fantastic Four. How much of this is taking the framework from what Disney and Pixar have done really well in terms of their story writing. There's a 
there's an interesting dynamic when it comes to the Incredibles because a lot of it is framed around family and Fantastic Four is a very family oriented movie, but it's not like a a wholesome Well it's not immediate family. family. You gotta think like every, it's, it's a tight knit group of people. That turns into a family. That turns into a family. And I think that'd be that, that's where I think you learn more from Incredibles One than you do Incredibles Two. Because mm. Incredibles One was about they they were all kind of all over the place and then figuring out how you can how they came together. Incredibles 2 was okay you're all together how do you stay together how do you how do you balance how do you juggle all that together yeah. like mm-hmm. in the first movie they're like we're proud that you're superheroes in the second movie they're like you guys aren't old enough to figure out if you're gonna be superheroes yet yeah. you guys need to figure your shit out before you before jump you into this, choose that this is what before you, you choose this is what you want to do you're too young to say I'm going to be a superhero yeah and the kids just don't understand that at that point yeah Fantastic Four is in like you said, if they get the property, is in a very similar place, I think, to like the first movie. Let's say we're they all come together, they all have powers. Realistically, if we're introduced to their characters and they get their powers right then, other than some kind of tie, there's no reason for them to stay together. Yeah. Like they could go on their on their own and be superheroes. They could go on their own, they could be superheroes. It's it's not like in the in the comic books where there you didn't know about Tony Stark. Okay, I need I need somebody that's better at you know particle physics. Okay, we're just gonna track down Ant Man. Yeah. Or we're gonna track down Hank Pym. There's no there's no reason that you would have to stick together in a world that they've established better superheroes. And that's one of the th- I think one of the things that makes introducing these. Um, the Fantastic Four difficult. Any new property, yeah, yeah. like an established team, and I've said it before, it's very tough to be like. That's why the Inhumans why? didn't really do well. I think. Why? Why aren't they? You know, helping out here. Like, why are if 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 they've been on Earth for a while, why why weren't they a thing during Thanos? Yeah. Why? Well, that's the thing. That's why, and I know we're getting a little off subject, but that's why I like the Inhumans from the TV show because they went the cultural route. They went. History has shown that that people will not accept something that is different. So we have removed ourselves from the societal equation by creating our own society elsewhere. Period. We we and then finally, when someone came into power who said. Why should we be afraid? Why should we uh, um, uh, hate who we are or not embrace who we are or give a shit what they think? And that's what made the villain dynamic in the Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. episode. I thought I thought they, it was pretty good. Uh, there were other elements to it, but like that overarching aspect of it. So I think it would be interesting going forward to see. I, I would firmly believe that I'd, if Brad Bird doesn't like sequels, he's not going to like trilogies. So He's, He said that if... if- if he ends up doing it, it's going to be he he has to come up with a story that he legitimately believes yeah. is worth doing. He's do not it. going to do it to do it. Yeah. Now Disney Pixar, on the other hand, but I really believe that they're gonna they're gonna let Stick him. They're him. gonna yeah, let yeah. Bird do it. This is Bird's baby. Papa if they, Bird's got to feed him. If they let him go fourteen years and let him do it, that might be worthy of it. Yeah, yeah. But uh, but yeah, so. Incredibles 2 in theaters right now 94 on Rotten Tomatoes check it out um, but yeah so that is gonna be 
it for us here. Remember, you can follow us on Twitter, Instagram, uh, um, at Sanctuary One Radio. You can also follow us on Patreon. You get each episode 48 hours early. You get uh, exclusive access to our mailing list. Uh, you get uh, a, a, a bunch of stuff. Uh, that you can go through, which is nice. And the, you get shout-outs on the show. You get to dictate what we do on the show. Like, really cool stuff going on Well, on Patreon. Suggest. I don't think you suggest. can actually tell us what to do. I mean, no, you can't tell us what to do. Let's like, dance, props. Dance. Dance. <laughs> Screenslaver us into doing whatever you yeah, want us no, to do. nothing right? like that. Um, uh, <laughs> and with that being said, uh, uh, just uh, we really appreciate the feedback. So if you're listening to us on iTunes, leave us a... Um, Leave us a review on iTunes. Smash that like button. It's a good opportunity for us to not only get recognized, but for us to kind of figure out what we're doing well, what we can improve on. So I always appreciate that. Um, uh, do we, uh, where 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 are we next? Where are we? I think we're gonna we're gonna search this kind of universe a little bit more, right? Yeah. I mean, might want, as well. wander around. I I could go for a, a nice island vacation. Yeah. Oh, okay. I, I think so. I it's been say. a while since we we mm. were we were at where uh, uh, where were we at the last time we got we had vacation before the tiny vacation before the tiny before yeah I, I, don't, I don't remember I just remember everyone was really angry about seeing me in a swimsuit yeah it was so tight. I remember I did get a massage though it was I, really nice I think I blocked all of that out okay. <laughs> I would too um, <laughs> I think I did but uh, that is gonna be it for for us here. Uh, So we'll see you next week on whatever beautiful, beautiful island we choose to be on. Uh, Guys, have a wonderful, wonderful week uh, for myself, for side, for props. Uh, We'll see you guys next week. Hit that tiny vacation button. Mm -hmm.